you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. Start your Saturday with something that will grow your kiddos' brains and get their creative juices flowing. Join us at LAS in Pasadena for a morning of multilingual readings, interactive performances, and lots of kid fun. It's Super Fun Saturday on June 1st. Get your tickets at LAS.com slash events. It's Film Week on LAS 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle with Carol Baum, film and TV producer and author of the new book, Creative Producing, A Pitch-to-Picture Guide to Movie Development. She wrote the book with her husband, Tom Baum, and produced a number of films that gave her the life experiences to include in it. Her hit films include Father of the Bride and its sequel, Dead Ringers from David Cronenberg, The Good Girl, starring Jennifer Aniston, Shining Through a Stranger Among Us, and many others. Carol, thank you so much for joining us to talk talk about the art and commerce of being a producer. We appreciate it. Well, I'm very excited to be here. I'm such a fan of the show, and and here I am talking to Larry Mantle. I I, can't believe it. Well, appreciate (laughs) it. It's great to be with you. So let's talk first about a creative producer. That's what you are, and it's a very expansively used term, producer, in Hollywood. What is a creative producer? Well, nobody understands what it is, even people who work in the business But to me, it's very simple. It's the person who finds the material, finds the book, has the idea, and takes it all the way to getting the picture made. It's all creative work because it's all about the writing and the development of the story. The line producer, the person who does the nuts and bolts and puts the, can you get your days, and do we have enough money for this and enough money for that, the crucial person, but that happens after the picture is greenlit. Our job, my job can be five to ten years before a picture actually happens. So you're the one who set up for the greatest heartbreak if, after investing years of work, the project falls apart. Falls apart all the time. It's something that comes with the territory. I mean, if it ha- if it almost happens, if you're ready to shoot and then it's canceled, that's horrible. Yeah. But mostly projects fall apart every other minute. And what are some of the ways that they can fall apart? What are What are the snags? You lose an actor. You lose a director. The money changes its mind, which is very, very common. I've had that happen on a number of projects. You start at a studio who's going to finance it for, let's say, $25 million. The studio pulls out, and all of a sudden you're making an independent picture for $5 million. Very, very common. In the day that I was doing it, now it's a little different. With the big franchise movies, people aren't pulling out of them. They're committed to them. But the smaller pictures, the character pieces, the pictures that Marty Scorsese has been saying nobody wants to make anymore, this is different. Those pictures are hanging on by a producer's passion and a director's passion. And that's what keeps them alive. And and so you really, you have to fall in love with, but have a very business-minded eye on what you're doing at the same time. How do you juggle those two aspects of what your job calls for? I'm not the business person by nature. I am the person who falls in love, and I love the movies. That's why I'm still here doing it. I can't get enough of them. I started watching movies when I was babysitting at 10 years old and fell in love with a movie called The Fountainhead with Patricia Neal and Gary Cooper. As an architect. It was at Howard Rourke, the famous architect, and it was magic to me. And so that's what I fall in love with, stories that transport us. 
and their character pieces. I mean, Dead Ringers, which is one of my movies, came from a real-life story. It's twin gynecologists on the cover of the New York Times, very handsome guys, Upper Park Avenue doctors, very successful, died. Why? I was fascinated, became hypnotized by their story. And then I learned that a woman in my poker game was writing a novel about the Marcus Twins. And I optioned it with my own money. I've never done that since. Wow. I don't recommend that people put <laughs> yeah, up their own money. You're never your supposed, own supposed money. to use your own money. But it was very little. And because she was a poker pal and she knew nothing about the movie business and she couldn't believe somebody wanted to option her book. And then I did. And then it took, oh, at least 10 years to get made. Well, and and uh, and then David Cronenberg made them the Mantle Twins, for which I don't forgive him for these uh, deranged gynecologists. Let's listen to a clip from Dead Ringers, the David Cronenberg firm, uh, film of 1988, a chilling story, identical twin uh, gynecologists Elliot and Beverly Mantle share the same practice, same apartment, share the same women. And when a new patient, glamorous actress Claire Nouveau, challenges their bond they descend into a whirlpool of confusion and madness. I must be the only woman in town who doesn't know about the fabulous mental twins. What are you drinking? Nothing. I want to be very sober right at this moment. I want to be very clear. There really isn't any telling you apart, is there? Absolutely identical in every respect. I'm actually a couple of millimeters taller. I bet somebody who knew you both, how shall I put it, knew you both really well could tell the difference, couldn't they? Without measuring your height, I mean. What do you mean? Well, Beverly's the sweet one, and you're the... Am I right? This is some feisty lady you found, Beverly. Let's be frank, okay, Elliot? Let's ease up on the bolt for one moment. You can be honest with me. After all, I am laying both of you, aren't I? Uh, no, uh, just hang on a minute. Uh, it's a sweet little act you have. You soften them up with all that smarmy concern, and along comes Dracula here and polishes them off. That's great Jean-Vierre Bougeol performance in the film. You, you have fun listening to even the clip all you these know, years Jeremy later. You know, Jeremy Irons is so fabulous. So good. And I, you know, I was such a fan of his from Brideshead, and where he did 10 episodes of the Evelyn War book. And then there he was doing this picture. I mean, that's the exciting part about being a producer. You never know who you're going to meet. You meet your heroes all the time. Uh, every day some new person comes into the office who you want to talk to. It's a very thrilling job, really. One of the frustrations has to be, though, that, you know, when getting a big-name actor, that person carries so much clout that if their vision of the character or the overall project doesn't match up with yours, then because of their importance to it, that throws your vision into jeopardy. How do you deal with that? You know, that's really the director's job and my job together. Mostly that hasn't happened to me because once the actor signs on to the project, there's a commitment there uh, that lasts. It happened once or twice where the actor wanted the script rewritten and then the rewrite didn't match his notes and he was grumpy the whole time. <laughs> that happens. Wow. And I remember like it was yesterday, but that doesn't happen very often, at least not in my experience. You described going to the Chateau Marmont to uh, <laughs> uh, to to deal with uh, the issue of, of Donald... Um, Mine's Sutherland. Donald Sutherland, who um, 
was was in uh, going to be having a beard, and another character was having a beard. Share with us how that played out. You know, you get a call sometimes. You know, I'm not on set every single minute, but we got the call from Donald's agent saying Donald is upset. You have to go to the Marmont and talk him off the ledge. What's the matter? He wants to wear a beard, but so does Pee Wee Herman, who was another character in the movie who was quite famous. And we visited Donald, and his room was filled with uh, arts and crafts and canvases. He was a painter. So that's what we walked into, which was quite unusual, unexpected. Yeah. And, and he said, well, who's more important, me or Paul Rubens? And, of course, we had to tell him that he was. And he kind of got over it. I think the fact that we honored him, that we paid attention to him. Actors get fixated on their hair, on their weight, on their clothes. Highly anxious in there, many That's cases. right. They're as anxious as everybody else. Which is understandable. And a friend of mine who's a costume designer told me that she somehow had to fix the label to be less than the person would wear. In other words, if a woman was at 12, she would put 10 yeah. so that the actress would feel that she was thin. That's what happens. It's a lot of the psychology. And it makes sense, though, because actors, you know, particularly if, if you're the star attraction of a film, that's a lot of pressure for an actor to carry into it. But what's interesting is even as some of the stars get older and have an incredible body of work, that insecurity can, can continue, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it always amazes me. And when actors have to come to audition for smaller parts in movies, they show up, they read the audition. And I'm like, I feel bad for them. Why are they coming in for these small parts when I think they're gigantic movie stars? But everybody's playing the same game. People have to prove themselves all the time. Nobody is ever 100% secure. I'm sure they're out there. But I think it's unusual. Yeah, tough, tough business. Creative producing a picture-to-picture guide to movie development. Carol Baum is with us, longtime, highly successful producer. Her book is absolutely indispensable for those interested in learning about producing, just what's involved in it with making a film, as well as for aspiring producers. We'll continue our conversation on Film Week in just one minute. Support for LAS comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center, presenting the world premiere of Ghost Waltz by Oliver Mayer, a bold original recovery of Juventino Rosas, one of Mexico's most significant composers. Follow Rosas from his father's early death to his friendship with ragtime genius Scott Joplin, now on stage through June 2nd. Tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps. 
It's Film Week on L.A. as 89.3. Just a reminder in case you missed any of the reviews this week from films like The Creator or Paw Patrol, The Mighty Movie, or one that our critics raved over, Man on the Run, the documentary. You can listen to the full hour of Film Week wherever you get your podcasts or at LAist.com. We're talking right now the very successful Hollywood producer Carol Baum, who with her husband Tom Baum wrote Creative Producing, a pitch-to-picture guide to movie development. These are blurbs, by the way, to die for from the book, all these tremendous creatives who attest to the work that she's done on so many top pictures like Father of the Bride, The Good Girl, Kicking and Screaming, A Stranger Among Us, many, many others. So, Carol, for someone who is coming up interested in in being in the film business and they want to be a creative producer like you, what are some of the basics they need? I know one of the things, for example, you say is learn film, watch a lot of movies, particularly the classic films, because you'll learn so much about what it takes to make a successful movie. What are some of the other recommendations? My basic uh, mantra is to respect and love and worship the writer. The writer is the king, in my view. I'm married to one, <laughs> which helps me understand them. And they're not often treated that way. And in they're Hollywood. not. So when they have somebody like me who's looking out for them, who respects their talent, who's schlepping around their project that nobody else wants, and I have a number of projects where that is the case. And the reason I have those nice blurbs is all of those people were people I helped when nobody knew who they were. And that's my specialty. Yeah, I, I can dine out. Share on some that. of those names, Mike well, White. Well, Mike White, the... when I found the Good Girl, he had done other things. He'd done a couple of movies, but he wrote this original script called The Good Girl, which my son, who went to Vassar, and anyway, they knew each other. Yeah, my son gave me the script, and I fell in love with it on page one because Mike White has such an original voice. He's a dazzling writer. And now the world knows who he is. Now he's a gigantic star because of White Lotus. But when I took him around, he wanted to direct The Good Girl. When I took him around, and we couldn't get financing because he was a first-time director, and we had a package that wasn't Jennifer Aniston. It was other actors. And for six years, we took that project around. Six years? Six years. And so You didn't give up on it. Well, that's what a producer does. Doesn't give up. Uh, you can't give up, or you can't call yourself a producer. I think that's the major quality that we all share, is that you're tenacious, uh, you have a good work ethic, and you don't give up. Well, and this means, of course, you've got multiple balls in the air simultaneously. You're not just one project for six years, because you've made more than 30 films. What's the most you've had, for example, that you've been working on? When I was at Sand Dollar, which was Dolly Parton and Sandy Gallant's company, We were a big, strong company with CAA as our representative. One year, we had five pictures made by Jeffrey Katzenberg, who was head of Disney. That never happens. And those are just made films. That's not all the other stuff you're... No, but that year was because Jeffrey had a theory that you made singles and doubles. He was famous for that. And every picture had to be under a certain amount of money. It was, I think it was $20 million dollars. And he just greenlit them one after another. And Father of the Bride was in that category. It was just another picture. I don't think anybody thought of it as just another picture, but it was in that under $20 million fee. And uh, you still had to get stars. Sometimes Jeffrey liked to put populate the movies with people you haven't heard of because it was Disney. They could do whatever they wanted. 
You didn't have to take it around. Yeah. Mostly you have to take your project around and you need to have somebody who the foreign sales agents can sell, and that's where it gets tricky. But if you're at Disney uh, with Jeffrey, he's the boss, and I miss that. As an independent producer, you don't have that anymore. You're, each project cloud, you're yeah. taking around individually. Well, with Father of the Bride, what led you to the idea that remaking a, a classic film like that, Spencer Tracy, of course, great performance, and w- what led you to think, hey, this is something if we update it, and we have you know prominent uh, someone with you know terrific comedic chops play the dad, that this would that this would be a hit. Because the basic idea of the story is so universal. Father is about to give up his precious daughter to another man, and he can't stand it. That's one part of the story. So it's the father-daughter story. The other part, the comedy part that worked so successfully with Steve Martin, it wasn't really uh, Spencer Tracy's thing, the comedy part, but it's about how the world takes over your house. You're giving up your house for a wedding. Who hasn't done that? He's the beleaguered dad. He's the beleaguered dad sitting in that chair with the confetti's over. But I can't tell you how many people have come into my office and said, oh, I studied your movie when I got married. Wow. And they still say it after all these years, even though there have been very many other Father of the Brides or marriage movies. This is the one because of the marriage planner played by Marty Short and because Steve Martin is so sympathetic and Diane Keaton and so everybody who has in the world of marriage these days it's dwindling i think but but still you know it's a very accessible idea we're talking with carol baum noted hollywood producer her book creative producing a pitch to picture guide to movie development uh, wonderful stories that are included even if you're not planning on getting into the film business just for the stories there's so many wonderful ones that we don't have a chance to to get into but i i'm so curious because your passion for movies your love as you said you wouldn't do it if you didn't love it you like the people you like, and there are a lot of smart people in hollywood a lot of people who 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 do love the art form of film but there are a lot of people who don't, who really it's about kind of amassing power or wealth. They have very different goals than someone like yourself in the business. How do you handle those folks? I just am determined. I, when I love a project, I just talk to everybody who will talk to me. I don't worry about those people with their different motives. There are a lot of people who do it for di- tons of different reasons. And then there are the people like me. I'm not alone in this who just are determined and and will not take no for an answer. You can't take no for an answer. The secret, though, is to have many projects. And I tell my students that. You can't just rely on one picture because you'll go nuts. So you have to have 10, 12 projects at various stages of development. It's the only way to survive. Well, and you've had setbacks as everybody in the business. You've been fired. You've had to deal with crazy bosses. You, you I mean, you've had all the things that Anybody who's worked any time in the business has experience. So clearly, like everyone in Hollywood, you've got to be resilient. Well, you have to be resilient. You have to be able to take rejection. You have to let it roll off you. You have to be spunky. And I have gotten fired several times. It's always a shock. It's always upsetting. But then two days go by and you're back because you have to be back. But I know a lot of people who don't get back, who, who, to whom it's too much. And I think that one of the key, I'm very determined. 
and I, I do love the movies. And one of the things that I'm missing in my students is their passion for movies. It's so divided now between television and, and, and Internet and all the stuff that they're interested in. I feel that my job, my mission, is to get them to love the movies as much as I do because they won't watch a black-and-white movie. The other day, one of the kids told me he didn't know who Paul Newman was. Wow. Well, that's an outrage. Yeah. That can't help in yeah. my class. I, I, I feel glad that we showed our son all those. I mean, going back to the silence, that was part of his upbringing, part of his education, his classic film. Thank you, Carol Baum. Appreciate your being with us and talking about This has about been delightful. Day. Nice to meet you, Larry. Thank you. Creative okay. producing a pitch to picture guide to movie development co-written with Carol's husband, Tom Baum. It's Film Week on LAS 89.3. I'm Larry Mantle. Have a great weekend. As a farmer's son from a desert region in California, J.B. Hamby thinks a lot about water. I spent a lot of time digging up history, particularly about water, which is the origins of the Imperial Valley. How this 28-year-old became the youngest lead negotiator on the Colorado River ever. And how he could shape the most consequential negotiations to date. Listen to Imperfect Paradise, the Gen Z water dealmaker, wherever you get podcasts.